What's up, party people? We are the Podcast Pants. The Main and Hastings Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Main and Hastings Podcast. I'm Jamie Jucifer with Zach Menace. What's up, party people? And Cameo Wilson isn't able to be here today. He's got some uh, things going on in his life. We'll uh, have a little message from him to you all so you can check it out. But we appreciate you joining us. We are the Podcast Pimps. So, we got some cool things to get into today. We are going to talk about you, Jamie Jucifer, a little bit, right? Right. We're going to get into some history. We're going to get into uh, some more Vancouver cool stuff that we usually do. But before that, we're going to get into something that we've already kind of talked about on the show a, a little bit, and that is cause collectibles. Now, to give the people some background information before we get in. Now, I'm, I've, as, as you've seen in past episodes, I've been a collector for, for a little bit of time here, maybe like 10 years, taking it seriously. Not a collector for 10 years, enthusiast for 10 years, collector for maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Jamie and Cameo recently have taken on, you know, the whole, the whole, uh, uh, taken on the, the, the recent art craze as well with me, which I'm super excited about. That's Millennium Park in Calgary. That's exciting. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, we've we've been kind of trading pieces and talking about uh, talking about you know our collections have now started to differ. I have some older pieces, and uh, we've decided to bring out some of this older collection. Jamie's interested in one, and wants to take a closer look. So, with no further oh. ado, this is one of the original fake Cause Bear Bricks, thousand percent sizes from the original original fake days before Cause uh, went big time, before he even went broke and. Wasn't big time, and then went big time again. So here we go. Oh my god, I'm so excited! This box, just the box, is beautiful. It is. Oh my god! I was so waiting for you to see the front of that. I didn't. I didn't know if you had. Oh, that is so cool. Cause original fake, thousand percent bare brick. Dissected is that what we say or yeah. flayed? That's a, well, dissected and it's it's uh, dissected and flayed are both both accepted terms. Dissected from this generation, and I think flayed is more of like an open edition from more recent history term. Okay, so why don't you uh, bust that out of the box and let's have a look at this thing? I mean, well, I mean, just the box is impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Two thousand. This is from two thousand ten, man. This is like the as you can see, it's like all in, uh, I guess embellished. Would be the would it's be the like, word. Looks like silver leafing. Kind yeah, of super thing. nice, and that's the cool thing about it, right? You could display the toy, which we've yet to even show you. Yeah. Um, with the box, right? You would never feel differently about that. So for something that came out in 2010, box is in pretty decent condition. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, it's a nine-year-old box right there. I mean, this thing is beautiful, though. I can't wait to see this thing. Twenty-year-old in a month. A twenty-year-old in a month. Right. Think about like that's no or ten, 10 years, years in a month. I'm an idiot. My bad, but. Still, that's crazy to think. Time warp. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Okay, Zach's going to uh, open this up, and um, we're going to see if we can make a deal on this thing because I, Zach already ha- Zach has another one of these, I should say, um, that's uh, not dissected. Um, so let's face it, he doesn't need two, and I don't have <laughs> any. So I feel like I need one. Are you impressed by this box, Miguel? Unbelievable. It's cool, right? <laughs> it's one of those those grail feelings. Right. So exciting. Oh, and it's got all the nice uh, and the nice styrofoam. Super good for the environment packing. <laughs> <laughs> what? When you make packaging that's good enough. Excuse me, when you make packaging that's good enough that you never want to throw it away, it's not really all that bad for the environment. That's right. Yeah, that's fair because you, you know, keep it. Exactly. Like, this ain't going no fucking where. That's right. This it's not, it's worth not going into a landfill. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. It's a bit of a production to get this thing out of the box because it is a thousand percent size. So it's pretty big. Like, if you got one of those... Um, ikea glass display cases you have to take out a shelf in there and then it fits perfectly so for those uh, all that rustling around you're hearing i'm sure and you're seeing is it's coming out oh, oh. my god <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming out oh. 
Wow. Wow. It's got a little bit of yellowing on the one hand. Has it got yellowing on the other hand or just this hand? No, it's mostly on that hand. Um, let's, I'm just going to situate the mic so I can still talk about it here and move around. Yeah. So, yeah, as you can see, let the camera and people see this thing here. Yeah, spin it. So this is a collaboration between Cause, Original Fake being his, the brand that he was uh, running and owned at the time, and Medicom. Medicom, the company being the, Medicom the being the company maker, right? that yeah that creates bare bricks and owns the mold and 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 creates bare bricks. Okay. Uh, Medicom is also the company responsible for making all of the open edition Causes that are out today. Right. Right. So they're behind everything. Do they make the limited ones too? They, yes, they did. They, okay. they, they were a part of all production. Medicom and Cause have kind of been a hand-in-hand -hand maker artist from, from the beginning. Okay. This thing's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm just impressed by the size of it. Yeah, it really is, man. It's cool. And the thing about Bear Bricks is that they, uh, I mean, they've, they've come to be a canvas, right? Like, we've, uh, we've talked about art before and and you know painting on a wall and bare brick was one of the first 3d molds like toy that really got accepted into the art community as being a, a legitimate piece like they're andy warhol like they do collaborations with the andy warhol foundation keith herring foundation basquiat they're all like legitimate so these these have in some ways become you know legitimate canvases right and just in the shape of this bare brick exactly because i mean let's face it when you look at it, it's pretty rudimentary sort of mm -hmm. design. You know, there's nothing crazy about it. There doesn't, you know, it's, um, it, I think it's more about, like you said, that it's, it's a canvas for, for these uh, different pop artists. And, um, they do a lot of different things with bare bricks. They do, they do everything from like, um, they recently did, uh, they did a, they did a Van Gogh one. Recently, okay. right? Of the flowers, the famous flower painting right. from him, right? And then all the way to Cause. So it's this, it's a company that's bridged the gap between, uh, let's call it, you know, modern art and historical art for a long, for, for longer than you know, most people want to give credit for, probably. Right. Um, yeah, so outside of that, this piece is, I mean, for being 2010, you can see yellowing is something that you can kind of come to expect if you like to display any of your stuff that's comes, that's vinyl. Um, on one hand, obviously, a little bit worse than you would like to see. Yeah. Everything movable, smudges here and there. The previous owner, this didn't take care of it as well as one would expect. Right. There's definitely some cleaning up like that you can see, just like dust pieces and stuff like before. You actually wanted to put it on display, right? So what did this thing retail for? A couple hundred bucks. Five, I'd say about... 350 somewhere in there 400 us wow and now this particular one this is the gray flayed companion no bear brick bear Sorry. brick yeah um well of the companion of the right. companion yeah is uh what's this going for on StockX? let's say uh stock x is there's yet to be a sale for this one on stock x oh okay the lowest ask is some yeah. um, oof so it's uh, I I feel like it's some um, like six or seven thousand bucks Canadian, right? Okay. Um, the highest bid is some four thousand bucks Canadian, right? Right. So when we're in this world where where it's being it's kind of being set. So I checked I checked the buy now on StockX today, and if you were to buy it right now on StockX, you pay about sixty eight hundred bucks. Thing about StockX is you have no idea what you're buying. You can't look at the piece. You, right. you you know it's coming from one person to another, especially something. It's not a pair of shoes that came out two years ago. But doesn't it have to, going through StockX, doesn't it have to be in perfect condition? Yeah, I've heard horror stories, though. Or, and I've also heard things like, uh, from what I understand, this would pass StockX. Oh, really? For being an original fake piece. Now, nothing of that condition that came out two years ago right. would ever pass that. But right. something that is of 2010, like an original fake piece, it's like a Lego. It like connects and does that. You can sit them down and all that stuff. Oh, okay. A lot of people like make them hold skateboard decks, put out their arms and make them hold skateboard decks, or like the one arm, like um, 
the the hands fit Bendy specifically well, like that little spermy looking character. Oh, that Cos put right, out, right? Yeah. So a lot of guys have had them holding up Bendies. It's weird. It is weird, right? Bear bricks are weird. There's something odd about a bear brick. I feel like there's. I mean, it clearly holds a certain place in people's hearts, right? People collect them forever. They're one of the most collectible pieces out there. Isn't that weird? Like that they're the, one of the most collectible pieces out there? Yeah, I mean, I find it kind of crazy that it that uh, I find it kind of crazy that that it happened. That bear bricks became what they are, what they are, and and how collectible they are. And I feel like there's a there's some sort of a, of a der, it derives in Lego. Uh, definitely, like there's a nostalgic Lego kind of thing there. It's like an adult Lego. I mean, if you look at the holes on the feet, exactly. Kind of look thing. at the way that the hands are orchestrated, right? Yeah. Like just even the way that the thing kind of moves. Yeah. Maybe set it so it's uh, not in our way, but also that's directly in front of me. Is it? Yeah. Just move it. I think you have to put it over there. Just over here. Well, no, because then it'll be, won't we get in the way of the cameras? No, no, no. that's good there. That's all right. Yeah, because I can zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, I got to take a magic <laughs> eraser to this thing and like clean up a couple of smudges and marks and whatnot for it. But I mean, that's pretty easy. The um, yeah, bare bricks are never something. This is the weird thing. So I'll t let me tell. I'll tell you the story of my my. Uh, my voyage into even having this thing okay. is uh, I've never been a bear brick guy. Um, I've always been more of the artist fan that did the bear brick. So I was never the bear brick collector, but I have a Javier Kalia bear brick. I have a Hebrew Brantley bear brick. I have cause bear bricks. I have the ones, you know, they're doing collaborations with artists that I truly like. So for a guy like me who can't afford an original painting, getting a bear brick is to have something from the artist is a, is, is a great substitute. Yeah. No kidding. I, I see that. Um, so now, I've, and I say this confidently, not, not a huge fan of, of Bear Bricks. And you know, Miguel's seen me go through the Dunny stage and like all the different collections of, of stuff that I've had. But I, I, I'll tell you, I have a hard fucking time getting rid of my Bear Bricks after I have them. Because I don't know if it's hype or I don't know if I just, if I'm not staying, if, if I'm just not seeing something that other people are seeing. But they're sought after, man. People love them. Especially the cause ones. Yeah, I mean, I see that and I know that, but I'm having a hard time understanding that. You know? I can absolutely understand. So I, I, I don't know. I like, I came in here today thinking that I'm going to fucking try to buy this off you. I'm going to make it, I'm, I'm going to make an offer and I'm going to try to make this happen. But when I look at it, I think, do I really want to look at this every day in my collection? I don't know if I do. Is it, uh, I mean, yeah, is a, is a, a bear brick's not something that you like? I don't think I do, man. Like, I, I like the idea of the bear brick. And I like the, um, the artist collaboration and all that shit. I just don't know. I just don't know if I, if I like looking at it. I mean, I, I, to be totally honest, I like the box more than I like the brick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that might seem crazy, but... I need to look at the front while we talk about this. Yeah, but I... I, <coughs> I mean, it's one of those things. Like, the one that I don't have the box for, which is pretty much the exact version of this, but not dissected. Yeah. Um, the, for the, for the full version. That's a, it's the oldest bear brick that exists to cause from 2002. Okay. Um, there's no box for it, but uh, it's in... It's not, looking at this, it's in better condition than this one. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think I might prefer the other one. The one without the box. Yeah. See, in that one, so let, just to talk about that one. Let's so the, the bare brick price, the, like, the, I don't want to say called price, but let's say, say market, yeah. are all over the fucking place, right? Mm. Lowest ask for the blue one that I have is like $26,000. Not to say that I, I want to, like, venture to say that it's worth that much, but people are really reaching with some of these things, right? Yeah. That blue uh, one's kind of cool, though. It's very cool, and it has a rich history, right? Which yeah. is, like, all about, like, you know, causes, studio assistance, painting part of it because, like, a manufacturing defect and stuff, and... You yeah. know, and that just goes to show what makes the story that much makes it that much more valuable, which is like a bare brick does. So instead of looking at it every day, think of it in the realm of like somebody comes over like, what is this thing? Well, this is actually, you know, a bare brick. It's from Medicom and they do these collaborations. It's this there's a there's a history there. There's a story and there's, there's yeah. companies that have worked together. Well, that's the I, I like I like the um, 
the provenance and the you know and the whole um the whole idea behind the bare brick and um but just the bare brick itself is i don't find that appealing like when i look at it i can see that like the color of the torso is not matching the arm and half the front of the head doesn't match half the back and it's like you know they don't really put that much care into making it is well, that's the know. thing. You know what's crazy is there's a guy who's making dissected bear bricks now, and he's doing it a lot like the way that Cause does companions, where that it's he takes a, a thousand percent bear brick mold, yeah. cuts it in half, and then actually sculpts out the, the breast, like the, the dissected the, part, the dissected that part of it, cool. so it actually has like texture and and meaning to it and whatever. That would but, be cool. So, um, so this I, I I checked before this. This is this is currently being offered on Art C for like six G's US. I'm sure that's a brand new like, you know. Yeah. perfect condition thing or whatever. Yeah. But um, just goes to show, like, I mean, how, how much art can be an investment for something that was so low in price nine, ten years ago uh, for just sitting in storage for that long or, or, or whatever. It can, it can just... I mean, to think about from a percentage perspective, yeah. t- buying a house and you gaining, you know, doubling the value would be, would be epic, right? Oh, incredible. One of the best things that could ever happen to you in life. <coughs> Dollar to dollar, spending three hundred dollars on something and it being worth six thousand someday uh, is, you know. Oh, it's bananas! It's insane. Yeah, the scale is crazy. Yeah, I think I'd rather see your other one and go from there. Um, not that this is what this episode's about, but I don't, I don't think I'm feeling this one that much. Fair enough, my friend. Well, it's going back into my collection then. Yeah, not that you're mad. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I, I, I know that you're... It's one uh, of those things when you're like, bring the bear brick to the episode, and I go like, I'll bring it. <laughs> like, you know, I got, we'll see. I got some things in mind here if you really actually want to buy it, but like, it's it's hard. Like, I'd, I'd sell it to you because right. I, like, I, I've had offers that I've turned down. I turned down 4.5K US on this. You did? Yeah, recently. Wow, good for you. So... Bold. I, yeah, I just think that... I just... I know that cause is at a maximum hype right now, but I like, I mean, in a lot of ways think that it's a maximum hype, but I think that for the collectors that are really getting to know this stuff for the stuff from this era, we're just really seeing the bubble. Right. Really starting to expand. Yeah, for sure. Right. With these things that this, these things that have like a history as opposed to the stuff that's just two or three years old. That's like actually within memory. Yeah. All right. Let's get this thing off the table and, uh, and, uh, move on with the uh, podcast, but, uh, fuck. Thanks for bringing it down, man. It's, no, of course. I think we should bring in more toys and more pieces and talk about them and whatnot. And Stop the calling history. them toys. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Figures. Dolls. Dolls. Yeah. Dolls. It's funny because Cameo and I always make jokes about uh, going over to Zach's house and uh, and playing with his toys. Like we were talking about that movie, uh, The Irishman, is coming out tonight at midnight on Netflix, and we were talking about well, well, let's go over to Zach's place and we can play with his toys while we watch the movie because he calls them toys. You know he ain't letting us play with his fucking figures. I like it. I don't know. For, I've always <laughs> called them toys for some reason. I like the idea of calling them a toys because it's like, it's like, toy ain't no goddamn derogatory term. You know what I mean? I ain't, why, why am I ashamed of this shit, right? Like, well, nothing to be ashamed of. No, but I, it's this. It's toys like, are something you play with in my mind. Well, like I kind of see that. I see this as adult playing. It's not, though. Who, like... It's it's just that like I don't who, dis- I don't, who displays toys. I do in my head. <laughs> yeah, I know, but in my head, toys are to be played with, like a Tonka I, truck. Fair is a enough. Toy. I, and I think I think it's a moot distinction. You know, like I don't want to argue with you. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> Anyways, so yeah, the Irishman comes out tonight at midnight on Netflix. I'm fucking stoked. Yes. Three and a half hours though. I heard. Yeah, it's, it's a three. Well, I mean, you heard it. You heard right. Three and a half hours is a long fucking time to watch a movie. That is a long movie. But um, if there's any lineup of people that's going to like win me over for three and a half hours and get my attention, it's going to be like Harvey Keitel, Al Pacino, fucking Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro all in the same gangster movie that's directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, it's bad as fuck. Like, yeah. everybody's getting that Netflix money, huh? Dude, you know what the craziest thing? Did you read the story about how this came about? No. So apparently this has been an idea in the works for 10 years. Scorsese's wanted to do it. Joe Pesci has gone on and off board, right? And I guess big time studios have said, 
over and over again, like, nah, gangster movies aren't cool anymore. Like, people don't want to see them. Which is, like, when I hear Ridiculous. that sentence, I go, like, you're insane. Yeah. Like... Everybody there's, loves gangster like, you know, movies. Like, you know like, how zombie, on, zombie no. movies are washed out right now, right? Yeah. Like, there's... And then... But but there's great zombie movies out there. For there's sure. There's, like, an in-between. Right now, there's, like, a lack of gangster. Like, there's an in-between for this. You know? Yeah. You guys can come out with a few more. Um, but... So, so, I guess Martin Scorsese one day just hits up Netflix and says... Hey, would you guys like to fully fund this project? And they just go, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, that Netflix money is bananas. Like, did you hear about that uh, female comedian who's suing Netflix right now? No, she's. I can't remember her name now, and, and this is annoying. It would be. Uh, it'd probably be good if I knew the name for the sake of the fucking podcast. But she's a female Canadian comedian, and she's suing Netflix for five. No, she, I can't remember how much she's suing them for, but she's suing them because. She says that the money they offered her to do her special, that they are um, being, uh, you know, like, um, because she's a woman and because she's black or whatever, mainly because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. Because I guess... uh, They offered her less money? They offered half a million, Mm -hmm. uh, 500 grand to do a special. Who's who's the... Uh, Some black chick. I can't remember her name right now. I haven't even seen that on like the title screen. Yeah. Yeah. Look that up, guys. Race and gender discrimination. What's her name? Comedian Monique. Monique, Canadian, a comedian named Monique. Yeah. Okay, so she's suing, um, and because I guess, um, you know, um, what's his name? We we're just talking about his comedian, his special. Oh, um, uh, my back, my neck, my neck, my back. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, the Dave Chappelle special, and uh, a few other people have gotten this huge money. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's Dave fucking Chappelle. That's the thing. Who the fuck is this chick? Like Oprah Winfrey would get ten million. You know what I mean? Or yeah, thirty billion, whatever. Yeah, the whatever. Number, you know be. what I mean? But the thing is, is you know, she she is in charge of her specials. She can shop it to anybody she wants. HBO, Showtime, totally. Like, you know what I mean? And, you're, you're, the world's your platform, you and they're gonna the offer you, you what they offer you. And and uh, I guess Netflix. Felt it was worth half a million, and so she's saying they're discriminating against her, so she's suing them. For a company that seems to be very diverse in, in perspective, <laughs> and, uh, like, they put out they put out tons of Netflix, docu- like, exclusive stuff that's very, very, um, let's call it, like, liberal-minded documentaries like Netflix. Sure. You know, they, it seems, like, I don't, I, I definitely don't want to go out there and say that Netflix is, is out there being a, on the left, like, but... You know, it's clear. That it's clear. It's clear sure. that they have a that they have a particular ideology behind them, right? Or, or yeah. at least what they're what they're willing to put out content wise. Um, so I think that like it's like it's it's kind of weird to me to hear about Netflix being into that, right? Like they're pulling Louis the Louis C.K. shit and, and doing over, yeah. over over treating women poorly and, and or whatnot. Yeah, his thing about the. Uh, See, that's Parkland the thing. Shooting but even this money thing, people complaining about money that is like uncountable. Yeah. You know. Like it's like it's like the national debt to me when I hear about people talk about that in the states. Well, it's like the national debt is crazy, and it's just like, yeah. what does it matter? Yeah, like I don't understand. Like it's is it? It's it's just, it's thirty trillion. Like it's it's forty trillion. It like, doesn't it's matter. Just, yeah. it's, what does it matter at this point? Like that's a number that's never getting rectified. Yeah, it could be six hundred bajillion, whatever. Yeah, you know, like make the word up at a certain number. At a yeah. certain point, it just becomes nothing, right? And then so like the argument to say that like to put it as a priority list of like someone suing someone over like half a million to 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 seven hundred. Well, I guess there's a difference between half a million and a million. But like when you're talking about ten million versus twenty million versus thirty million, forty million, you yeah. get to these numbers and it just seems very. I just don't get the lawsuit. I think it's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody's willing to sue anybody nowadays. Yeah, right? like it's, it's so crazy. easy to, and especially a media company. But you know what? You might have never heard of her before, but you're gonna hear about her now because of her bullshit lawsuit. Yeah, and fair enough. You so know, maybe I mean? that's her move. And that's you know, and and maybe then the, you know to gear up other someone else to buy the special. Well, and in, maybe she'll talk some shit about Netflix on it now. No doubt. No. Well, in the social media world, dude, like I, I don't hold anybody. I don't hold it against anybody. Like we that video we were watching the other day of they, they fuck with all the cause shit, those shirts, like yeah. guerrilla style marketing. Get yourself out there in whatever way, whether you yeah. got to sue some big shit or whatever. Like you know, you kind of they kind of made it this dog eat dog world. Yeah, for sure. Um, Weird. I don't know. Either way, well, let's uh, let's let's switch the topic right quick because this episode is uh, mainly going to be dedicated to the homeboy Jamie Jucifer over on the left hand side. Okay. Um, you know, 
we've uh, we've already kind of go through we've gone through my history. We've already gone through Cameo's history a little bit. Like I mean, we're mm-hmm. gonna revisit a lot of topics, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna expand on you a little bit here today, bro. Okay. Um, first things first, like you're the only Vancouver native out of the three of us. Yeah. Right. This is a Vancouver show. You're the only actual Vancouverite who can talk about things. So I mean, we we touched on your history in music. You know. Yeah, yeah, I was in music for sure. I mean, I started out my, you know, I, I grew up bouncing between East Vancouver and South Burnaby. And, uh, you know, when I was, uh, like I'd said on the on the show before, my, uh, my father was in prison um, from when I was three-ish till I was about 12-ish. I could have those numbers a little off, but you know most of my young childhood he was in prison serving a 20-year bit and uh, he got paroled after you know eight or nine years or whatever it was and um while you know my mom was working shift work and raising me and my older brother which you know no picnic. yeah you know what i'm saying no no picnic i mean real tough for her she didn't have any education or anything like that but she worked hard she worked shift work and she did everything she could to provide for me and my brother and we didn't make it easy on her because we were <laughs> shitheads you know so but you know the funny thing was is when i was a kid i was real skinny and uh i got picked on a lot in elementary school yeah. and i was fucking scared of my own shadow kind of thing like it was, it was strange how you life moved, took you, around you mentioned you moved around a lot we did we moved around a lot did so you move new schools or was yeah it just constantly yeah. so new schools i'm the new kid all the time yeah that's always the big thing that i like yeah. to i wanted um figure out first when people say that they move around a lot because it's like moving houses is one thing you know yeah. you can learn to be adaptable but i was the kid who moved a hundred times Same different here. schools different times so like you know and nowadays in life i see it as a, an attribute like i learned how to be adaptable yeah early right? yeah well that's it's it's uh it's been it's an attribute to me now too for sure but at the time things were definitely hard right like you're just yeah. always like what's cool here like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, are, do they like reboot at this school? Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying or whatever. I don't even know what reboot is. Yeah, it's just a cartoon show. And oh, okay. like, I, right. I, I just I remember that. I remember moving from like one city to another, and it would be and and just like the jokes and humor and the whole pop culture thing being off. Yeah, and it being like it throwing you off. Like, who do I? Who am I here? What do I be? And all that. yeah. But um, anyway. Yeah. So I I mean I I lived in I moved into this house in South Burnaby, and um, there was. Uh, I was new around in the neighborhood and everything. And there was these um, two black kids that um, were in the neighborhood. They were brothers. And everybody was scared of them. They were little, just little shits. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I remember one time they fucking chased me home from school. And I was fucking running and running and running and running. I swear. I was like, these guys are going to fucking kill me. And then I got raped by my house. And I guess my mom had happened to let her dog out at the time. And he was a old English sheepdog. <laughs> His name was Max, and he was big. You know, he was a big fucking dog. And uh, fucking, I guess Max saw these kids chasing me, so Max went after them. And these fucking guys were running, screaming, crying. You know, like mm-hmm. and um, and and uh, and then I called Max off of them, right? And then I took Max into the house. Never actually heard them. And, they were just kind of. And cornering them? No, yeah, he never hurt them, but uh, scared the fuck out of them. And then uh, after that, I went to school, and I ended up becoming friends with these guys. <laughs> you know, just this random thing, like they were going to get me. And, you know, I took a lot of beatings in school from, from other kids. and um, But it was mostly just because I was scared. No one actually hurt me. Mm-hmm. It just kind of scared me, you know. And then I was like, fuck this, man. And I started taking boxing. So, um, by this point I moved back to East Van, but I still had my friends in Burnaby. And, um, I remember this one kid, um, I'm not going to say his name cause I don't want to give him any recognition at all. He's <laughs> a little fucking asshole. I got kids like that too in my life. Fuck yeah, them. But this guy fucking beat the shit out of me all the time. So I started boxing and I started boxing at Hastings community center in East Van. And, uh, from there I went to Astoria and um but anyway did they have like a program or something yeah there for you, or, or? At, the, at the community center they had a you know it was hastings boxing it was just happened to be in the community center oh that's cool and then at astoria hotel they had a boxing gym there 
um, forever. I, I picture it so much like that stereotypical movie TV show where there's like that guy who's got the the kids coming in and he keeps them going and there's the one kid that like has talent and keeps kind of pushing away and in trouble and he's like, no, you got to come back. Yeah, no, I just fucking, I don't know. I just kept going and I was skinny and, um, and then when I started sparring, guys started hitting me and I wasn't afraid because we were wearing boxing gloves and headgear and all that stuff. And you get, you've been used to getting punched in the head with knuckles. And, well, and by my older brother <laughs> and, and these kids. But when these kids were hitting me, like I said, they weren't hurting me, but it was scaring me. Mm-hmm. So um, now I'm, I'm boxing and I'm like, wow, you, you guys aren't hurting me at all. What am I scared of? Yeah, this is weird. So once the fear went away and then I picked up some skills, I, you know, I ended up having, you know, I ended up being a decent boxer. I did okay. I, you know, won some fights and. But the biggest, the coolest thing is I went back to that old neighborhood in Burnaby mm-hmm. and um, and I found that guy that I don't This guy you don't want to give recognition his name. to. Yeah. Yeah. The man I, we don't speak. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> I ended up running into him at the corner grocery store. It's called Windsor Market. And uh, I ended up running in, into him at Windsor Market inside. And of course, right away, he come, he just goes in on me. What the fuck, man? Let's go outside. And he just always just hated me. So... I'm so surprised someone has the nuts to, like, do that. Like, well, this guy was just a little bastard. Fair you know? enough, yeah. <laughs> so I went outside with him. I love that. And I fucking, I fucking glazed this kid. I gave him a fucking beating. And I just, it was funny because he's trying to hit me, and I'm just like, you're so slow. Like boxing style, right? Like Yeah, all like this. he just kept swinging at me, you know, like people just swing at you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in boxing, I mean, you, you don't swing. No one swings. Yeah, that's the, that's the funniest you know? thing, dude. Is yeah. That's the, uh, as, as someone who's just, I've just started kind of taking up boxing in a very light way, not, not in any real way. It's like while I, while I kind of work out. But uh, I've, sl- I've been learning some of those basics from it. And then the, when I first felt what a real punch felt like, where I was turning my hip into it and cocking my leg kind of and just like really pushing it out from, from the ground. Yeah. I went like, what the fuck have I been doing all yeah. my life, Rotating man? your hip. And well, you're running at yeah. people like fucking, cl- yeah. you know, clubber laying. Just, you know what I mean? It's retarded. But yeah. it's, I can't believe that I did that. Like, I've broken my hand a hundred times in bar fights, right? Like, just... Yeah. And just from coming down, like, just like drunk Not on punching people. properly, yeah. Yeah, and it's just to think yeah. that, like... The craziest thing that I that I learned, and and I don't know if you're if you're like this, so but turning your knuckle all the way in, yeah, like corkscrewing it, and how much more powerful you are for sure, and then al- and then also how much you're protected by your shoulder, yeah, when you do that, like these little things. I love boxing for that chess match, yeah, aspect, for sure, right? Because it's all about your lane way, right? Your opening middle, yeah. And I'm just super enthusiastic about, this yeah, right no, now. it's cool, man. But the uh, it's all about the the middle lane way, right? And yeah. it's just all about like just like a king. I'm trying to expose the king. How can I? Yeah. How can I do that, right? Like you might have to lose a couple pawns or lose a couple whatever. Yeah, yeah that's a, right. You know yeah. what I mean? But all you need is one. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool to me, man. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I mean, I I'll you know. I had all of a sudden found out with street fighting that nobody knows how to fight. Yeah. Well, you and learned confidence through through. through well, I got the right? confidence and the fear went away. And then I had this skill and I could see, like, you don't realize how much people telegraph everything they're doing. You know, you might as well mail me a letter and tell me that you're throwing <laughs> this punch, you know. Totally. And uh, I just slipped a you punch just... and just bash your fucking face in, you know. So... Anyway, I got a lot of confidence out of that. And, I, you know, I'm still friends with those two black guys to this day. And nice. I've known those guys since I was, uh, you know, fuck, seven or eight years old. You know, so my entire life, good guys. You know, they went through some some troubles of their own, you know, with addiction and stuff like that. But they've uh, they've come through on the other side. Both of them mm. have been clean for a long time now and, and uh, living productive lives with wives and children and all that. It's really good. But... Anyhow, so boxing was great. Gave me confidence and uh, learned some skills. And then, you know, I was a bit of a street thug, you know, got in lots of fights and stuff. And, and um, winning most of them, considering you got some training. Yeah, after, you know, I mean. Especially this is before UFC's a thing. Oh, right? long before, so, yeah. So nowadays, like, I definitely consider how someone might be trained or whatever. If, sure. If, if, you know, you're in a situation, you, you know, you can see how people stand for the most part and get some pretty good, pretty good signs. Yeah. But back then... You must, it must, it's like a one in a thousand knew how to throw a proper punch. Yeah, like. <laughs> totally. So you end up like just by default being a tough guy. In the <laughs> totally. You <know>? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that was helpful for sure. But 
that was kind of my childhood bouncing around and boxing some baseball and uh you know my mom like i said working real hard to raise me and my older brother and um and uh you know not have my dad around and then when he got out of prison he had a new family and had another son my half brother and um but i shouldn't even say half brother he's my brother yes yeah, but, but biologically that. he's my half brother yeah. and uh you know i love him equally as my older brother as well and you know the, the both of them but uh so anyhow um so I life started, obviously changed at that li- point yeah life changed and and uh you know he was doing his thing my dad was doing his thing with my my brother and you know his new wife and all that stuff so um i was still being raised sort of by my mom and my older brother and um and you know her deadbeat boyfriends and shit yeah um you know which was crazy i laugh to, at that because i, I can relate I yeah know i mean it's crazy to me because my mom works shift work she works her ass off and uh she um and then she's supporting me, my older brother, and some fucking deadbeat boyfriend that won't get off his ass. Mm-hmm. It's a total able-bodied man, you know? And uh, It's crazy how that happens. It's fucked, it's you know? It's crazy. And, yeah. So, I mean, I look after my mom now. and uh, um, No, that's great. I've been to your place, bro. So, to, to hear about that story, I can, uh, I can commend you on it. Like, it looks like your mom's living a good life now, you know? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I help with that. And, I, I, you know, and so does my older brother. And, and uh, we do what we can. And... You know, I don't want <clears throat> her to worry about anything. Part of my uh, my voice. No, that's great, man. That's awesome. So, well, yeah. so music, anyhow. Yeah, like I was gonna say, like the big the big part of what we talked about last time was was how how much, like you have a fucking rich musical history in this fucking city, as well as like beyond that, like cultural roots in the sense of you know some of the big marquee events and things that have taken place in yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, well, I had this band. Well, what happened was I started. I was into rap, right, NWA and all that stuff, and um, and uh, me and uh, one of my buddies were always rapping and stuff, and then we ended up meeting this guy. He's like, man, I can play some drums, and I know a guy who plays guitar and whatever, and so we just started jamming together, and we were sort of rapping while they were, like, playing metal, you know, and uh, we kind of just put the two together, and this was before anybody else was really doing it. And uh, Yeah, I was going to say, what you're about is this. This is like 92. So this is like before the cusp of uh, of like rap rock. Yeah, just just before. Yeah, you know, well, because people were just starting to do it. You know, Rage Against the Machine, Limp Bizkit, like all those ones that went mainstream. Like, I mean, there's a ton of good ones to reference, but in terms of the ones that went mainstream and like big when it became popular, that's early 2000s. Uh, no, late 90s, late 90s, I'd say. <clears throat> like, I remember seeing like Rage Against the Machine with House of Pain and like. Ah, fair, fair. That was in like '94, something like that. So Corn's kind of up that alley too, right? Yeah, you know. And when we played shows with like Corn, Deftones, that's cool as uh, fuck. Oh, so cool! And I still love the Deftones so much. And you know, we hang out every time they're around. And um, that's so cool, man. They're just uh, great guys, and I'm just such an amazing band. And um, you know, we were lucky enough, um, you know, to do shows with bands like Pantera, White Zombie. <laughs> Sublime, um, no doubt. Uh, uh, Yo, know, I was gonna say cameo is gonna be fucking. I got I got to interject right there because Gwen yeah. Stefani is like, <laughs> and you are like are like mentioned together in Wikipedia. Like it's like legitimate, like right there, like Gwen Stefani and Jamie Jucifer. Like, I don't think whatever, it's there bro. anymore. I don't think it's there anymore. I think it's dude. Like, I seen it. Like I seen it with my own eyes. Like, yeah, I don't. I still don't think it's there anymore though. I think her people have hacked that thing down and. Um, I don't even know how it ended up there, but we were, um, it was uh, For real though. the 1995 Warp Tour, and it was uh, Sublime, No Doubt, L7, Quicksand, um, Orange 9mm, Deftones, fucking just so many cool bands, and um, super fun shows and stuff, and um, Gwen had been, I think she had been dating her bass player Tony for a long time and I guess they had broken up and I'm not sure whatever we hung out it she's cool mm-hmm. you know and and then after um I had seen her see the band they'd come to town and they you know they they weren't huge yet but they were you know still like playing like um 
thousand seater venues. This is like when Magic Kingdom first came out, but it wasn't big yet. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, they were always like, "Oh hey, how's it going?" They remember me, and we'd hang out and everything, and everybody was cool, and Gwen was cool, and everyone was cool, and then, um, and then they started getting bigger and bigger, and then it'd be like, "Oh, who are you again?" And I was like, oh, "Okay." Mm. <laughs> so I'm saying, so the Deftones, the, like they still cool. Oh, Deftones are great. Yeah. So like, like that's I was gonna ask, like who are the ones who are like fucking. Deftones, so cool, man. Like, those guys are so legit and humble and real. Like, um, and every time I go to the shows, I'm backstage and I hang out and we hang out on the bus and, you know, and have a time and talk about old shit and Fire. old shows. And, yeah, a lot of fun. And, we, you know, we did a lot of shows with, like, Biohazard back in the day from New York. And those guys are rad. And I still stay in touch with Billy from Biohazard. So what other cool cities have you been to? Like, where did you, where, what's some of the cool tours places well you know you know actually before we get into that really quick i don't sure. think we've actually named the band you were part of a band called minority yeah we were called minority from here yeah. there was another band called minority after us so not to be confused with those hacks <laughs> but uh but uh, you guys you guys were you guys were bona fide you had you had cds you had yeah press kits. yeah you were we on the you were were you on the radio or were you more yeah. underground yeah you yeah, were, were on the radio and we um there was a thing called demo listen out here in vancouver that was from c fox 99.3 mm -hmm. and uh shout out they um they had this thing called demo listen and had like three four hundred bands or something and it got narrowed down narrowed down you play shows the public would vote on you and vote on you on the radio and stuff like that. And it got narrowed down, narrowed down, narrowed down. And then finally there was three bands left and they did a show at the uh, Commodore Ballroom. Mm -hmm. It was about 1,400 people. And, and you're one of these bands. Yeah, we were one of those bands. And there was a band in that called Black Cat Bone, I remember. I don't remember what the other band was called, but I remember Black Cat Bone. They were sort of this fusion rock uh, jazz. Were there girls in it? No, but they kind of look like girls. Um, dude, long-haired dudes. It's like black cat, like <laughs> bon, I feel like it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, it's I mean they sassy were sassy bunch. <laughs> right? <laughs> they were they were technically an excellent band, um, and their songs were kind of catchy and stuff. Everybody had them winning it. Yeah. Everybody had we had them winning it. Yeah. So after we had played our sets and they were going to announce the winner, we were already congratulating them. Everybody was, and uh, and then they said and the winners, uh, blah, blah blah, and they said minority, and we were like what. Really? Even the Black Hat Bone guys were like, what? <laughs> right? And uh, <clears throat> it was kind of funny because we were so just... Then, this is the big break. This is your first... This, this is was first. kind of a big deal in for the Vancouver music scene, yeah. and it kind of shocked the Vancouver music scene. And this is the biggest thing that happened to you guys as a band? At that, at that time, point. and it had opened a bunch of doors for some tours, and, you know, next thing you know, we're doing, like, these interviews and fucking autograph sessions and all kinds of weird shit like that fire yeah but we um like i remember getting interviewed uh by terry david mulligan for much music and i think i seen that yeah and we were playing with fucking uh tea party and shit remember them and uh oh, yeah. and age of electric and all these fucking Fuck bands yeah. and, it, and stone temple pilots and shit <laughs> like that right. like remember from that time yeah so we end up uh getting a lot of opportunity out of that i mean it, winning that thing was like who gives a fuck but um but no, a lot of opportunity came from yeah exactly in the uh with management companies and touring agents and shit like that and uh so we ended up doing a lot of really great tours and playing some really cool shows and you ever go overseas no you do the states no just also only canada this was a just a canada I don't fucking know what the deal was. We just, we were dumb. We just l toured this fucking wretched country. Like, <laughs> and I wasted mean, a bunch of money in between the yeah, cities. Yeah, like and all it's that. so far from city to city. Well, that's, they say, it's like, I mean, imagine being in Europe, right? Yeah. Where you can take the tube from fucking for 50 bucks yeah. from like Scotland to England. Yeah. Right? Like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You do show, show, show. If you're doing five grand a show here or 10 grand, whatever the math is, yeah. and you can do. You can do one of those a night instead of one of every three nights here. Like that, that makes a tour viable. Yeah. Right? I mean, the thing is, is um, we didn't know how easy, how much, how really easy it would be to do that kind of shit. But we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We were well, just, this is the different age. This isn't the age yeah. of underground where people are doing things independently. You guys no. have probably taken advantage of 
drastically by your management company. And yes, was doing absolutely. Shit. Like, <laughs> and at this time, record sales is how you made your money, not mm-hmm. touring, right? So um, where it's the other way around now, really, uh, music's almost free. Yeah, exactly. So Well, you got to be doing millions of listens yeah. to be making a real income. Yeah, it's a totally different type of, you know, t- just the scene in general. But we ended up, the funny thing was, we were playing this, we were playing this show, and uh, there wasn't very many people there. They didn't promote it very well, and we were kind of pissed off because one thing we knew is when we put on a show in Vancouver, it was selling out, and the crowd was going to rage. We're going to sell a ton of merch, mm-hmm. and it was going to, you know, we were going to pay our bills. So the show wasn't promoted very well, and there wasn't a lot of people there, and so we were pissed. And there's these long-haired guys in the fucking crowd. Yeah, right on, cool. And we're like, who the fuck are these <laughs> fucking Surrey skids, you know? And uh, and then my bass player at the time was like a long-haired guy, and he was like, fuck, man, don't you know who that is? I'm like, no, who's that? And, and it was the guys from Skid Row. And, yeah, and we were going in to record our second album. and Or, no, maybe it was our first album. I can't remember. It must have been our first album. We are going in to record shortly after, and it turns out that they were recording at the same studio. And they loved us. Mm. These guys would come to our shows and... The dudes from Skid Row. The guys from Skid Row, and they would loan us their equipment while we were recording, <laughs> and they were doing, like, interviews in, like, Metal Edge magazine and being like, this band from Vancouver called Minorities is bad as fuck. And, so they're you putting know, you on. Big time. It was crazy. And these this was a band that was... You know, they were envy of, envious of us, which I thought was crazy. I mean, Pantera opened for them. We opened for Pantera. You know what That's I mean? That's crazy, yeah. And these guys, but their thing was is they weren't feeling relevant anymore. So they were like, we're this fucking, we're like uh, They wanted to be stars. behind the next big thing. Yeah, they're like, we're rock stars of the 80s that are left over in the 90s trying to make a name for ourselves. And you guys are the next thing. And we were just like, I will give my left arm to be where you've been. Straight up. Like, but I appreciate that mentality as an, like, for them being the OG in the scenario. Yes. Like, them saying, like, what, what's my, what are my options here? Try and stay relevant and claw my way out of this hole or put my name behind who I think is going to be next up and, and then be respected by my next, by, by the next generation for, yeah. for taste making, right? Like, that's a clearly better person to be. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these guys, uh, for example, um, uh, Sebastian Bach. Um, I know that name. He's the singer from Skid Row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they call him Baz. His nickname's Baz. And he would always say, call me Baz. And he was just fucking crazy. He's a super tall guy, and he's just nuts. So anyway, we meet Baz, and um, he's like, yeah, I'm fucking going up to Whistler for the weekend. Yeah, rock out. We're like, okay. Fucking, like, it's just crazy. So I guess he goes up to Whistler. This is all where we're in the studio. And they're in the big studio, and we're in the tiny studio over to the side kind of thing. And uh, we, like, literally worked to make this album happen. Like, we we worked at the studio building shit and working on stuff to try to help pay for our, making our record. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was So that was our first record, yeah, because our second one was paid for. Nice. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so Baz goes up to Whistler, I guess, and so we find out that he was gotten into a fight and threw some guy out a window or something at some bar in Whistler. And... Uh, and got extradited, got kicked out of the country, oh, back shit. to the States. And he was born in Canada, I think, or something like that. But he was living in, like, New Jersey or something like that um, forever. So they kicked him out of Canada. So we're like, holy shit, you guys got to finish your record. What are you going to do? And they're like, oh, I guess we'll just have to go into a studio back home and do the vocals, blah, blah, blah. No big deal. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, Baz comes flying in the doors. Hey, what's up, guys? Ah! We're like, what the fuck? You think he's in New Jersey? At this yeah, point. we're like, what the fuck? Where are you? And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, man. I got myself in some trouble and I fuck around or whatever. And they kicked me out of the country. But I just jumped on a plane and came back. <laughs> we're like, okay. Oh, how cool as fuck is that guy? Right? Like, just crazy. And you couldn't get away with that now. No, God, no. You'd never, never get back in. But he just, he just like, I just, well, they were just checking up on you once a month back then, kind of. Is he still here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Now now it's different. Yeah. So he just came back and the guy was just fucking shithouse crazy. And he's still doing like, he's still like on Broadway or something and fucking doing musicals and shit. Like, 
He's a pretty well-respected dude and amazing singer. Crazy. But, yeah, anyway, so that was pretty cool hanging out with those guys and, you know, getting some some praise from them and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. so, so, okay, so we're, we're now at the place where you're, you're kind of gaining recognition and stuff with music. Yeah. So where's the, you know, where's the pinnacle of all things? Like, where did, where did you, where's the Ooh. peak of things? Well, you know, the thing was, I don't even know if there was a peak. We did a lot of touring and we did, played, we were fortunate enough to play with some really cool big bands and make some friends and, you know, even pay our bills with music a little bit. You That's know? cool as fuck. Which is, you know, so hard to do. Um, and we we got to tour with a band that, you know, friends of ours, the Smalls. They're from Alberta. Yep. And um, those guys, like, in Canada were monstrous. They're it's, still big. Yeah, it's crazy. They yeah. can they can tour tomorrow and still sell out places. and mm. Pretty amazing. They did, a, they did a show with the Calgary Stampede, like, three or four years ago or five years ago or something. Yeah, something. just their reunion tour. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw them when they were here. They did two or three nights at the Commodore and shit. Like they're, crazy. Yeah, they just, those guys. Like, the Calgary Stampede's a fucking no, it's huge. big show. Like Yeah. But those guys are just, yeah, they're killer and and cool guys. I'm still friends with those guys. Yeah, it's cool. I met a few of them. Um, they yeah. they're all, they all seem really cool. There, it's uh, and then even even like my my girlfriend is a uh, wife, I should say, is a um, really big like old school metal rock fan. And she's oh. like, when I said that, you know, the homies know the Smalls. She's like, oh my god, for real. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, Cor Blunt now is like a huge country star. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. she's, you know what I mean. Her fifteen-year-old her is like, oh my god. Yeah. Like really. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and the uh, um, TJ still around the drummer. Yeah. He has actually an old Harley of mine that he rides. Cool. Um, that he bought. I sold it to another friend, and he TJ bought it off him, and he rides that around and. Um, Don't you have some things with like Sluggo and those guys too, with like cars or bikes or some shit too? No, nothing like that. I just knew Sluggo and them from playing Slam City Jam. Yeah, because that's the like the, that's where the the big, you know, crossover comes between skateboarding. What we were talking about last that time and music best. when Slam City Jam happened. That was my favorite thing. No matter what we were doing, that's probably got to be that's got to be the best thing that's happened in your life. It like, was so in, cool in terms of weekends or whatever. Well, Warp Tour was fair, fair. But they still bananas. do Warp Tour. Yeah, but it's different. Like Slam City Jam, like think about what Slam City Jam would do today. Like it's it was so ahead of its time. Absolutely, somebody should put on Slam 100%. City Jam. Hundred percent to again. think to think that someone gave you motherfuckers a venue that big to go do like what you did. Like that's fucking unreal that that, that happened at that time. You know what we played? How many were there? Two or one? There was, I think, three or four. Really? There was that many? Yeah, and we played them all. We fuck that's awesome. No matter what we were doing, touring, whatever, we were like, we need to be home for Slam Jam because we're playing it. So we would tell our management, we don't care what's going on. We, we just make sure you get us booked for Slam City Jam. We need to because petition. we were all into skateboarding, and we we're, um, and that show was just so cool. I ended up becoming really good friends with Toss Pappas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ended oh. up becoming friends with Colin McKay and Sluggo and, uh, you know, Danny Way and those guys. I'm, I still, when I see Colin, we're cool and, you know, and great guy. Well, that's a guy that I grew up like, was like, he was magazine, like, yeah, gnarly. I'm, I'm still friends with Sluggo and, uh, he's going to come on the podcast eventually. Oh, I can't I wait, talked man. to him about it already and he said, he said he's done a few lately and he's just kind of over talking about himself. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I don't blame him. But he's gonna come on the show, and I can't wait for that. But um, Toss Poppis used to give me his complete deck and everything after every uh, Slam City Jam when he was done competing. He'd give it to me one time. Like his the deck that he skated. Yeah, that he did in the comp. Yeah. Um, fuck. Yeah, and he was winning back. You still then. have those? No, fuck. They're long gone. I wish I still had those. That's awesome. But he he actually came up on stage and sang Rain and Blood by Slayer with us one time. <laughs> cool. And uh, it ended up being a centerfold in Thrasher Magazine with us on... Um, with, you gotta get that, with, Thrasher. Know, ma- you gotta get right? that. With and toss. centerfold the shit out of that frame. Yeah, like, and it had uh, XYZ was the banner um, and stuff because we were... Uh, toss actually got us sponsored by XYZ. Sick. I remember <clears throat> that clothing company. Yeah. So. They were like Zoo York-esque or whatever, weren't they? Like yeah. At the, the cooler logo, though. Yeah, I, I fucking remembered. It was like the oval, and it was X, Y, Z. Yeah, so cool. But yeah, so we were sponsored by them. Uh, they were out of Carlsbad, California. <clears throat> and Toss uh, hooked us up with that. And we are you know, Toss and his brother Ben, rest in peace, 
RIP Ben Pappas. But, uh, you know, I remember when we first met, you know, Toss and we were like, ah, fuck man, you know, cause he was, it, it was right during that feud with him and Tony Hawk mm -hmm. and, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we're like, oh, so what's the deal with Hawk? Fuck Hawk. You know, that was his oh, response yeah, yeah, always, yeah, fuck yeah. Hawk. <laughs> and we're like, holy well, shit. Well, this is the time he's going, he's going mainstream. Like Tony yeah. Hawk's taking skateboarding to a mainstream. Like I, I could appreciate the amount of divisiveness that would happen in skateboarding community around that time. Um, it's like now with skateboarding being in the Olympics next year versus, yeah. versus, you know, where we were at. But even back then it was like skateboarding had never been seen as something that would be in commercials or would be on like, you know, guys like that Tony Hawk are doing with yeah. shit, right? Yeah. I mean, fucking crazy. And Toss and Jason Ellis didn't get along and I fucking love Jason Ellis mm -hmm. too. And, um, you know, he's a great guy and, but they, those two guys fucking hate each other too and you know fucking toss fuck jason's girlfriend and you know it was a big thing and it was like a big fucking headache and um <coughs> but those guys got beef <coughs> toss and 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 Colin, jason, jason ellis. ellis does yeah so they beef and, and this shit. is over like a warp tour weekend kind of deal yeah or uh slam city, slam jam city or whatever and and they always carried on this beef from the the tampa comp to slam city jam so, oh yeah, that's right. You had discussed yeah, you, because yeah. for some reason Tampa Comp was always scheduled kind of a few months or a few weeks before before Slam City, uh, and they would end up at Slam City, and guys would have all this fucking beef from the last contest, and I never knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, like, you're just there having fun, like yeah, and they're like, yeah, this fucking asshole Tampa Comp, blah, 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 right? And you know, and I remember one time I was standing on top of the vert ramp, and uh, I was smoking. Because like an idiot, I've been a smoker most of my life. And uh, I was smoking a cigarette and fucking Bob Burnquist comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, you know, like I know your toss brings you up here and everything, but can you not <laughs> smoke? And I was like, oh, what are you going to get cancer fucking flying 10 feet above the fucking coping? And, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. Whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, this guy's a professional athlete. I probably shouldn't be smoking on his ramp. <laughs> but uh, but the, there's there's a there's a... There's a tug of war happening. Yeah, but I think his biggest problem was he, he was fucking dating that Jen Brown at the time, pro skater. Oh, really? And she was, like, real flirty with me and shit. Oh, so there's clearly, like, right there, right? And I think that was Burnquist's problem. You know? I was going to say, because Bob Burnquist was kind of like the Andy McDonald of that time, very cookies and milk fucking skateboarding, you know, always wearing your helmet, kind of shit like that. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he was kind of corny, man. Like, he was a fucking nerd, you know? and. Mm -hmm. Well, he is a fucking man. He does. I mean, I'll do respect to the man. He does amazing things on a skateboard. But yeah, yeah like, I mean, I've, I've watched him on videos, too, and stuff like the guy's clearly nerdy. Yeah, he's an incredible athlete, but he's a fucking nerd, whatever. Um, a lot of people out there are very talented fucking nerds. <laughs> Straight up. You know? Um, and uh, But anyway, fucking Slam City Jam was a huge highlight of my musical career, which is strange to say. Yeah. Well, know? fuck, man. Like, as a, from where I'm standing, being at Slam City Jam is a highlight. It was bad like, as fuck. So to be a part of that, now that I've been a part of, like, events, background events and stuff, like, to picture myself in the making of fucking Slam City Jam, which is, like, historical in my view, like, that's fucking crazy cool, dude. Yeah, so good. Crazy cool. It was... We need to bring that thing back. Yeah. We need to find a way... We need a to petition or something. Or something. Yeah, and, totally. You know, and uh, maybe talk to Sid at Menu or, you know, just... Well, I'm sure, like, the city would get behind something like that. Anybody would. Yeah, how could you not, right? Oh, well, it's, it's just, and it's one of those things that were, it put Canada on the map for skateboarding, like the Colin McKay's of the world, like those yes. dudes who were coming, like the Rick McCranks and the, the, the all the guys who were coming out of Vancouver, West Coast Pierre in general. Pierre Canyon. Yeah, all He's those. He's still skating. All those Killing fools. it. Yeah, all those fools, man. Yeah. Um, they should be, ah, fuck, it's, it's cool that Vancouver had, was that much of a staple in skateboarding at that point, and now it's not. Well, let's bring back a comp. Yeah, figure out a way to do it and bring it back. We know some great musical artists that would be down to play. People like Mercules and shit. Oh yeah, you know, you know they'd play. Oh, it. you'd have to do that. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, he'd be out there comping with his skate deck minis with you, the tech decks. Oh yeah, we totally got to have a fucking fingerboarding like side shit. Oh, bro. Yeah, you versus Mercules. We're gonna do that here on the podcast. Yeah, that's what we hundred percent. We'll have a game of skate on yeah. the. Po that is totally what we're doing with the fucking <laughs> tech decks. And Cole's bringing back all the sick Japanese tech decks. Nice. We went so when I when Cole and I went to Japan, we went. We found these really really good Japanese tech decks. It's crazy how good 
Japan has everything you've ever thought of, just something slightly better, right? Like yeah. you wouldn't believe it. Like somebody just went, wow. There was apparently like except Dick. Yeah, it's I don't know, man, about that. It's a cra- <laughs> it's a crazy place, dude. It's like it's a bad Asian joke. I'm sorry. It's uh, it's it's fucking oh, it's yeah. a wild place. But the the tech deck, man. The so Cole and I find these tech decks, these fingerboards around. I buy one of them from it, and I get back to the hotel, and I try one kickflip, and it's like perfect butter, like the first time. I like I couldn't <laughs> believe it, and then so we found out that they were sold at this chain of like sports stores or whatever from it. And we ended up like clearing out Shibuya, Tokyo of all these places and buying all the tech decks. From them. <laughs> so we've now run out within the year that we've had. We've probably had twenty. They've all kind of got broken oh, or no whatever way. from it. Yeah, so Cole's going to... going to Broken? You guys yeah. focused your tech deck? Yeah, we got real mad. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, we were for a while, we were trying to make funny videos where it's like you were holding the tech deck and like running and then like jumping on it and stuff. <laughs> oh <laughs> you <know>? my God. <laughs> you guys kill me. That's pretty fun. Um, I wanted to mention that one of these days we're going to get my uh, my friend Tyler Sawicki in here. He's, uh, he gets, he's involved in custom bike building and like... Uh, um, he had an exhaust company going who still has an exhaust company uh custom exhaust for harleys and shit because i've done some building of some uh performance harleys mm-hmm. and um you know and i ride harleys and stuff and and uh we've got to get him in here and uh get and you know get you and uh cameo sort of vibing on that whole bike scene because it, it's it's a lot like the stuff we're into oh with sneakers as, and stuff bro like the, yeah. the the toe cap or the midsole or like all transferable yeah. words to like other things like gas yeah. tank handlebars like throw, you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of custom stuff we had you know we had a company together for a while doing custom parts and stuff and then uh we ended up uh, selling the company but we um but it's it's very cool and artistic in so many ways mm-hmm. that i think that you guys would vibe on that for sure well, you were clearly putting this side of your brain to that at that time absolutely right like it was just being kind of yeah. translated into something else well there's yeah like i mean it's clear that there's lots of stories and things cameo needs to ask you some questions about slam city jam too because i mean i've i'm sure he even has questions to ask considering that he was a local you know in and around that time he probably has heard stories amongst the scene as well for sure and you know um the the best thing that ever happened to me on tour because yeah, I remember, I, you know, he asked me about my highlight, and I have a highlight. All right. So we, we can end it on that. We'll end on that. And here's a highlight of my touring life. We were, we were, uh, we had a couple weeks off in Winnipeg, Manitoba, of all places. Great place to vacation. Right. Where uh, <laughs> my drummer was from there. So we were staying at his parents' place, and uh, she had this big house, and we would all stay there. And um, we just had a lull in the tour, and rather than coming all the way home to Vancouver, we just stayed there because middle of the country and we can bounce back and forth between Ontario, Quebec and BC, Alberta and all that. Right. So while we were there, I met this woman. I say woman, but we were young. We were boys and girls, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and all the guys wanted some, everybody did. She was just fire. Mm-hmm. And, um, we heard that she had this boyfriend and my one buddy, <laughs> my one bro says, she goes out with this dude, crazy Larry. Look out, whatever. It's like folklore stories. Yeah, yeah. So, so I ended up walking to the store with this girl from a party one night. Then we're walking to the store or whatever. And I said, so here you got this boyfriend, Crazy Larry. And she starts laughing. And she goes, you mean Big Al? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Big Al. And I heard Crazy Larry. And she goes, oh, me and Big Al broke up like a few months ago. They sound like rival tire salesmen. Right? <laughs> they do sound like, that's a fucking funny one. You know, right? crazy, crazy Larry's fucking tires and big owls. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> 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 I feel like a Simpsons episode between two of them. That's fucking funny. Anyway, um, so they had broken up. So I was like, oh, fuck, I got to try to get in there. All my friends, so-called friends, are telling me, no chance, no yeah, chance. Yeah. Not feeling you feel of confidence you at know, all. And I'm That's like, what we do at the time, though. Yeah, I don't know right? why it's Sons like Sons of bitches. <laughs> so anyway, she... We'd had, all do so much better if we just... Had, you know? Right? <laughs> Fuck. It's hilarious to think about. Right. So she ends up feeling me. Next thing you know, I hook up with this girl, and I'm like fucking goo-goo gaga over this girl. And then we had to go and tour the East Coast, and then we were coming back, so going to her the east coast and i'm calling her every day and yeah, i'm gonna oh, stay know, true to you baby yeah you the one <laughs> and then on my Sick. way back through winnipeg we stopped there again for a couple days i spend those couple days with her i'm in love i get to vancouver i'm like you want to come to vancouver she's like yep yeah. boom she moves to vancouver we're in love uh she gets pregnant 
We get married. Oh, shit, dude. I have my first daughter. So your tour highlight. that I got a kid. Yes, I got a kid. child. <laughs> right? So my firstborn daughter came from that tour. My second daughter came from after that relationship, but my first daughter came from that tour. Your second daughter's probably jealous of that story. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? To be totally honest, I, her, my second daughter's mom um, hid me when I was uh, evading some uh, legal issues and hid me out at her place for a while, and I ended up hooking up with her, and then I ended, that's how I ended up with my second daughter. <sighs> so actually... That's a pretty good story too, but uh, <laughs> so but that was the highlight of touring. So, so was clear, my daughter. So clearly, Jamie, there's more to learn about you, my friend. There's more to learn about me, but that'll happen over the years yeah, of the totally. Maine and Hastings podcast. We are the podcast pimps. I'm Jamie Jusifer with Zach Menace. Peace out, everyone. Look forward to more fun from us. <laughs> <laughs>